Welcome back to Uplifting Impact. It is so awesome to have you here with us again on the show. I am so delighted because today we have Michelle Bess with us. And Michelle and I met because she was working, is working at a company um, called AppLoans. She's actually the Vice President of Talent and Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion at AppLoans. And I had the wonderful opportunity of being able to spend some time uh, with the team there. What she does at AppLoans is she focuses on creating systems and processes to ensure an equitable company where individuals from all backgrounds are seen, where they're validated, and where they're able to succeed. So prior to going to AppLoans, she also did some really awesome things. She worked at Sprout Social in college and in College Persistence, one of the organizations that we have some overlap with and a a lot of affection for was One Goal and also Posse Chicago. So she has done some amazing things in, in her career, and she's here today to share with us a little bit more about her diversity, equity, and inclusion background, but also some of the practices uh, that she's been able to pull forward in her work. So welcome, Michelle. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and to talk a little bit more about the work that we've been doing. Absolutely. So I want to first get started by just sharing um, a little bit more about App Loans, because one of the reasons why I was so excited to be able to <laughs> partner with you and to partner with the company is that I do believe like at the core of the work that you're doing, it's about inclusivity, right? It's about bringing yep. people um, the opportunity to have access. So maybe we could just start with like how the whole company that you work for is doing this work. Yes, I love that. So I'm in month two of being at Oplum. So it's been a really great time and adventure as I've started here. But the purpose, our mission is to provide financial inclusion to the middle income and credit credit challenged consumer. Because I didn't realize this, but most Americans can't afford an emergency of $400. And so if you are looking for that money, if you need the money that most of our consumers need, which is to for like medical bills or for their car breaking down, you either find that from your family or friends if they have capacity. And if not, your other option is to get a payday loan, which has a 400% interest rate. And while we have a higher interest rate, it's much lower and it doesn't trap our consumers into a cycle of debt. In fact, they take on our personal installment, installment loan and we work with them to rehab their credit because many of them have poor credit or no credit. So as they're paying it back, we report back to the credit bureaus And then they're able to build up that credit so they can graduate out of our product into something with a lower interest rate. So that's part of why I came to Oplons. I think it's really exciting to be in mission-based work again, especially working on financial inclusion. And our consumers are most likely Black and Brown Americans, which is really exciting to me to create economic opportunity and empowerment and mobility in the communities that I care really deeply about. It's really so awesome because, you know, uh, I've done a lot of different things that really come back to this idea of financial inclusion. And what's always so surprising to me is that a lot of the solutions are not super complex, right? A lot of the solutions are things that are completely feasible, but it takes mm-hmm. a company being able to be bold and to try something that's different than the kind of yeah. normal- that exist out there. And once they do it, you see the returns are like a million times like, and obviously that is not a, a numerical, <laughs> but, 
Right, but you right, right. <laughs> don't quote us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, I am I'm exaggerating, but probably just by a little. But you do see these yeah. astronomical changes and impacts that end up happening, not just with the individual that you are able to work with, but really the trajectory mm-hmm. of their whole family, because you you Absolutely. change the you know the viability for somebody to be able to increase their credit, you know, in a family that might be having some credit challenges amongst everybody, you do it with one person, then all of a sudden that has an impact on the children, it has an impact on the greater household. And so there really is this um, domino effect or ripple effect, if you you want to say, when you have economic inclusion. So like, I love it. I love it so much. (laughs) Thank you. Me too. Me too. We're ready to change the world. It's so cool. And I love the fact too, that you have named as an organization, diversity, equity, inclusion as one of your primary focuses, because again, I think that as we are thinking about this work, one of the important things to understand is also what's going on from a client perspective, like a consumer perspective. And if we Mm -hmm. can't get the work, you know, in our own house, like inside, right? Like how are we going to do it outside? Right. So, So again, just all around appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. Of course. So one of the things that we like to talk about on this um, show, Michelle, is we really like to talk about like, what do you do? Right. So like, what are some of the techniques? What are some of the things that you have seen uh, to be really successful in your Mm -hmm. diversity and inclusion work? And one of the things that we talked about in preparation for this call is just what do you do when you are a small team? Right. When you are coming into an organization and you're charged with holding, I can't think of the word, the torch, right? To kind of move yeah. into the space and, and to lead the way in diversity, equity, inclusion. And oftentimes uh, you have a very small team. Sometimes, like so small, it's literally just you, or it's just you and it's only part of <laughs> Right. So we have all of those. Yeah. Uh, that a lot of people are are dealing with. What can you just talk us through, like what your experience has been leading a huge, huge change, you know, really, really big emphasis, but doing it with a small, with a small team. Yes. I'm very familiar with a small team. I was a team of one in my previous role. And I think the things that were really impactful for me were creating ambassadors, like identifying who else really cared and was interested in DEI and identifying what areas they wanted to focus on. And so my, I care a lot about racial equity when I came on board. That wasn't where everyone else's focus was. They, we were talking about the LGBTQIA community. We were talking about women in tech. And so spending time there. And one of the most impactful things that we did in my previous role was creating this monthly meeting. We called it a DEI Guild meeting. And so the third Thursday of every month for an hour, our CEO said that no one should have any large internal meetings. And we hosted this meeting that was put on originally by me, but I identified some ambassadors who then started planning their own sessions and events. And we did, we talked about things like systems of oppression. We talked about the model minority myth and all of those were put on by our employees and people who were excited and interested in DEI. And so I didn't have to do, I didn't have to do it myself, one. And then two, it brought other people on board and made other people interested because they saw their coworkers were doing it or they wanted to be part of it or it gave them more visibility or the opportunity to practice their public speaking. So that was a really impactful thing for for us to do when I was at Sprout Social. But I think beyond that, if you're a small team, starting to think about where you can make small changes, I think something that people don't often think about is your onboarding process. 
creating and having an onboarding process, which many companies do, is an act of inclusion because you are making your culture, which is implicit, explicit. So you are telling people what it is that you believe, what's important to you. You're probably onboarding them with a cohort potentially. So they're getting to connect with other people at the company also. So those are two things that were really helpful uh, being a team of one. So I really love what you were talking about when you, you know, talk about this idea of ambassadors. And one of the things Mm -hmm. that you just mentioned in that practice is that you gave your ambassadors something to do. (laughs) You know, I think one of the things that I've (laughs) happened is people will go and they'll say, like, would you be an ally? Would you be an ambassador for this program? And people get excited and they're like, yes. And then there's no action oriented thing. There's nothing that they can kind of align themselves with or hold themselves accountable Mm -hmm. to because it's not clear kind of from the onset, like, what does it mean when I say, do you want to be an ambassador? Mm -hmm. Is that something that you've seen? Yeah, I think it's, it's a hard question to answer sometimes. Even when people ask me, they're like, I want to be an ally. What do I do? And it depends on what, like, what's happening? What do I need? What do you care about? And so often what I'll, what I get really excited about is when people bring me an idea, I say, I like to stay in the loop, but I like other people to lead. So I had someone who said, I really want to start, I really would like us to have a DEI book club. Do you think you could start something like that? And I said, that's a great idea. Why don't you start the book club? I am happy to support you and like identifying the book and connecting you with other people. But that person spearheaded the initiative. And that's something that they cared a lot about. So it was another way to bring in people who cared about or were interested in DEI who were going to do it through reading versus attending, you know, a panel or that monthly meeting that I talked about or wanting to help with recruitment or something like that. So what I try to do is tap into what do people like? Where do they get joy? Where do they find energy and help them champion diversity, equity, and inclusion that way? Yeah. And I like that too, because, you know, if you try to force people into doing something in a way that is not like their natural style or is not yeah. something that they would kind of like naturally sign up for or inclined to, then it seems like it's just another thing that's added, right? Yes. As opposed to yes. it's an extension of who of who they are. And, and I think sometimes we try to pull people into our definition of what the support needs to look like or the program needs to look like, as opposed to saying, yeah. no, why don't take some leadership too and some ownership too. Yes. I think that it's really fantastic. I think some other things that people that did that I wouldn't have thought about was thinking about how to include families. That was another like entry point for inclusion work that I hadn't anticipated, but parents really want, they want to be active. They want to enjoy and participate in the workplace also. And so we started doing events where people were able to bring their kids or we did a bring your family to work day at one company that was a really exciting way to get people to understand that inclusion isn't just, it's not just gender. It's not just disability. It's not just race. It's broader than that, or even doing a re like an offboarding program when you go on parental leave and then doing a re onboarding and being really thoughtful about parents in that way. But that was all spearheaded by a parent who was getting ready to go on leave and was nervous about how they were going to be welcomed back into, into our company space. I would like to highlight that and I would like for every company to think about that process <laughs> as a doula. It's um, amazing. <laughs> I try and support, you know, people with is how does a person make that transition back? You're already riddled with all kinds of other insecurities just in those, especially, yes. you know, your first couple of months uh, as a parent, or if it's your first, it doesn't matter if it's your first child, second child adopted, whatever, right? Like, 
You're just yeah. like, what am I doing? And you feel like everything, you know, and then to then come back into a space that you probably had some level of comfort, but then come mm-hmm. back in again, you know, and kind of like pile it on top of the other places where you're feeling a little, it's, that's really, really tough. And I have never heard anybody talk about an onboarding process. I might just be out of the loop, but an onboarding process for uh, people coming back from paternal leave. That's huge. Yeah, it was really powerful. Yeah, that is really great. Okay, so one of the other things that you that you mentioned is this kind of onboarding process, and you talked about being mm-hmm. that being an act of inclusion. So a lot of times people will say, "Well, what what do you mean by onboarding? Like, I show you where your desk is, I give you your password, mm-hmm. I what like what else do you anticipate, or what else would I add to my onboarding process that would make it more <laughs> inclusive?" So can you just give us a little bit of of, of some more details there? Yes, that's a great question. And it will clearly look different now that we are now that we are all distributed and not in a workspace. But previously it would have been doing like a welcome to the office, touring you around, giving you a map of the space. Now it's like we sent your laptop, it's coming in the mail. Let us know that you received it. And then walking you through how to set that up. So doing that as a process. Then talking about the values, how do they come come to be? What's the history of the company? At Oploans, we have what's called Oploans Academy. And so we're eight, we have the opportunity to meet all of the executives of our team and they talk us through their priorities for the year and answer questions. And that's a really rare thing, especially for an entry-level person to come in and be able to have access to executives and ask questions. And we do a lunch with our CEO. So we have a our onboarding processes a couple of weeks long. Some people just do a day or a week, but thinking about what are the really important things that people should know about your company or what are the cool things to introduce them to so that they get excited and can get connected. Because especially now that we're distributed, finding an easy way for people to meet new folks on the team and across the business will become increasingly important. Yeah, we really can't rely like on those like chance encounters in the hallway. We can't rely on, you know, somebody like asking us to lunch. Yeah if we're brand new. And there are a lot of people who are making transitions right now in this moment. And I, I can, you know, we can all foresee that there'll be even more of that as we, yeah. go, as we go into these next couple of, of months and maybe years as people, you know, yeah. to they're navigate. Away. I mean, I was, I was nervous coming into a brand new role um, during sure. the pandemic, but I was really grateful that my boss gave me a list of all of the people who she thought would be critical partners for my work. And so I was able to set up one-on-ones with all of them. And because of meeting them was better able to understand parts of my, of my work and the business. And they introduced me to other people, but just that in itself was incredibly helpful for me as a new person. Yeah. And I I feel like the challenge here, the opportunity here is going to be the fact that we have to just be more intentional, right? We have to be more intentional about what it would feel like in the midst of all of this and find our way and really, and really feel included. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think like, there's interesting things because, you know, I've had, I've had a lot of people who are like culture, like, how do I do culture? We're all virtual. And I'm like, yeah, actually, this is probably one of the best times you're ever going to have, especially if you're thinking about resetting your culture and you're thinking about, right. Because it's different. It's very different, but you have the opportunity Mm -hmm. to, to, introduce something like onboarding where maybe before that would have been like, Oh, we don't have the time. It's too much. It's now it's like, no, it's a necessity. Right. So yes. (laughs) Yeah. 
Absolutely. Cool. Well, I just want to say thank you so much. I know that um, people listening are going to one completely steal this idea of onboard. In fact, I'm asking everybody who's listening to try and steal this idea about onboarding after birth uh, or after maternal or maternal and paternal leave um, or family leave even, right? Just what does that, what does that process look like? Oh my gosh. I'm so excited because I can't wait for somebody to email me like we're doing it because I know it's going to happen, Michelle. Yes. Show (laughs) us. But also really, um, I hope that people who are listening are encouraged by this idea of being able to not think about your team as having a small team as a constraint, but really thinking about having a small team as part of the design, right? As as Mm -hmm. part of the opportunity to be able to think more broadly about how you bring other people up and have other people step into into leadership roles in the diversity space. That's, That's also just a really huge... You're just dropping all these nuggets of wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're making me feel so great. I'm going to come back all the time. Oh, anytime. You're always welcome. Um, but I think, that, I think that that's huge. And then this last thing, you know, just the, the fact that here we are, we, we're going to have some new challenges. And do we take these as moments for us to be able to push forward and really reframe our culture and really put in some procedures that allow for um, more mm-hmm. inclusion? right? Whether, whatever, whatever that might, whatever that might look like. So Michelle, thank you. Thank you for all of that. Now I have you on record saying that you're coming back. So we'll make sure that we make that happen. Um, (laughs) But if people want to connect with you before you, before you get to be a guest again, what's the, what's the best way to do that? Yes. The best way is probably on LinkedIn. I'm Michelle Y. Bess on Twitter. I'm at Michelle Bess and I'm also on Instagram. Fantastic. So we'll make sure that we put all of those links in the, in the show notes in case you're trying to find her, that you'll be able uh, to find her. But Michelle, thank you so much for all that you're doing. A big thank you to App Loans for trying to, you know, create this economic inclusivity. It's going to be a huge, huge, huge component of uh, our success, right? If we're on the other end of this, and we can say, boom, look at what our generation did. We were able to create, I hope, right? And I, I really believe that yeah. if we were able to say, look, yeah. look at the, look at the community that we built, look at, look at how, um, how much we've been able to grow as a country, as a nation, as a world. Um, a lot of that will have to do with financial inclusivity. It'll be about people yeah. being able to uh, find their way. So I'm just so grateful to you. I'm so grateful to Apple Loans. I'm so glad the two of you are connected uh, because that means that the power will will winning team. (laughs) That's right. That the power uh, will be multiplied. And I'm so grateful to everybody who was able to join us here today. We uh, here at Uplifting Impact always say that if we have people who are thinking in this way, who are willing to be creative, who are willing to push uh, the lines when it comes to diversity, equity, and inclusion, we really can create that aspirational vision. We really can get to this place uh, where the world just looks a lot different than than the one that we're in right now. So thank you so much. Thanks for joining us. Please, of course, sure. thanks for having me. Yeah, please tell uh, please tell your friends, tell your family, tell your coworkers, tell tell everybody because we'd love, <laughs> love, love to have uh, more people here with us on this journey to diversity, equity, and inclusion. So thank you, and we'll we'll see you. We'll talk to you soon um, in the next episode. Bye.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.